Candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. I have another exciting show today. I have just been in the best mood you could ever imagine because, as you know, I fight really hard for those who have been put in prison unjustly because of cannabis, because of a plant, this beautiful plant that people should be thanking others for making sure people have access to it and growing it and whatnot. But as you know, the government has been very, very, very awful to our beautiful plant over the last, you know, hundred and so years since we've experienced prohibition. And we have many people spending not only life in prison, but a good part of their wonderful years that they deserve to be home with their families and working on their careers and making something of themselves. But instead, our horrible government with the corporate prisons that we have, we throw them in jail. We just had the last show with Jackie Long talking about how African Americans are and Latinos are put into prison at a higher rate than whites, you know, that 60% of the people in jail for pot are black and Latino and, and how this is just really messed up because our government uses these people as slave labor. Anyways, to get off that tangent, today we have one of my most exciting guests that I've ever had on Cannabis Radio. And the reason for this is one of the prisoners that we help when we raise money at our events and we put the money onto our prisoner's commissary, one of the prisoners that we've been fighting for, his name is George Marcherano. And George just won me over the first day I ever saw his picture. There was a twinkle in his eye and it just said, you know, this guy could be my uncle easily. And when I learned more about him and I realized that George was one of the longest serving first time, or actually was the longest serving first time nonviolent offender in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. That is just disturbing. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole in 1988. And I want you guys to all sit there for a second and go, where was I in 1988? Were you born in 1988? Were your parents just getting married? Were you, you know, in elementary school? Were you in high school? What were you doing in 1988? Well, in 1988, George technically had his life taken away from him and put into a prison. And on the advice of his attorney, he pled guilty to 19 counts of drug possession and distribution. This was essentially a setup. And conspiracy, as you know, is a horrible, horrible charge. You can't really get out of it. But when you have 19 counts, there's really no way to, 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 to fight this. And George was put away. And luckily, there has been a lot of progress to get nonviolent criminals taken out of the prison systems and put back into society. And it was really one of the harshest sentences, I believe, that was ever handed out to a first-time nonviolent offender in American history. It's really unbelievable. Now, what's even more wild was that while George was in prison, he distinguished himself throughout the decades that he was there as not only being a model prisoner, but the kind of guy that you really want as a friend, someone you want on your side. George prevented the hijacking of an aircraft by prisoners while in transit from Philly to Oklahoma. 
and he had just lost his 33rd appeal, you would imagine that after feeling that way, you would just give up and, and not really care, but not George. Not George. George has been documented by the FBI and the Federal Bureau of Prisons as being called extraordinary for stopping what could have been something really, really, really horrible. He's also one of the most prolific writers that has never spent time in the federal prison system. George writes the most amazing stories, poems. He's so talented. I cannot wait to to start reading all the books that he's going to be coming out with now that he is home because George was released George is now home with his family where he belongs. And welcome, George. I am so happy to have you on the show today. Well, hi, Dr. Dina Brown. Hi, uh, California, all my West Coast friends. It's such a joy to be using my First Amendment free. You know, that word free it doesn't mean much until it's taken away from you. Anyway, before we get started into some amazing talk, I wrote a poem especially for the show, Dina. I I just wrote it a short time ago. It's not even titled because I wanted to be special. So please allow me to relay. Yesterday, I met the rain. Today, I cried in vain. They took so much, you see. Even raindrops have not remembered me. Come sunrise, I met the wharf. I met the wharf this day. I cried looking up. Oh, why, oh, why? They took so much, you see. I force a smile, yet no laugh. The dark gray, it's past. The dark gray, it's past. Left, now free, tomorrow. It's all I've got. So strange, so strange. I even forgot to love. To kiss is to die. Now you know the reason why. That's it. Ah, the beautiful, beautiful. George, you just put that together last night, didn't you? Yeah, well, I did the first draft, and then I just worked out, and I just touched it again. Again, it's not titled because I believe it should be special. And you can say it's Dr. Dina's poem. (laughs) Ah, I love that, George. It just makes me feel so warm and fuzzy. And just knowing that you're home and you're with your family and you get to spend time with your daughter. How old was your daughter when you were My daughter was four. Okay, she's 36. And you brought an interesting date up that I like to uh, go into. You said 1988. Well, actually, they put the cuffs on me in 1983. And I beat this whole, people don't realize, I beat the sentence in 1986. I actually beat the sentence on the technicality, but they would not. With uh, I couldn't withdraw the plea, and they would not take this insane judge away from me. So basically, I was resentenced. Never been done. Never been done before at that time in history. Was resentenced to life, no parole, again in 1988, and that's why my documents show 1988. And actually, I had to re-argue to get credit for the five years. So the battle never, never ended. It never ended by the appeals. It never ended in in prison where I had to go in and argue with staff to credit me for five years. A lot of poor individuals, a lot of poor individuals, the walls, so much in front of them, one wall after another, one wall after another, that they give out. I was released at 4.15 on October 5th. 
okay? I knew late Friday evening, the Friday before the 5th of month, I was going to be released. So <laughs> I had no time to be joyful because I had two Alzheimer's, both 83 years old, that needed motions put in. So for two days, I crammed and I typed to get these motions put in for these guys, these old-timers, to get the two-point reductions. One guy, I believe, got relief, and one passed away before he got relief. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, even though you're put away, uh, you, you think the battle was in the courtroom, okay? The battle hasn't even started if you want to be free because it's constant. Day after day, week from week, month, chain to month, year, last to year. So it never gives up, Dina. Never. Not until the day you get out, right? Well, you know, I'm out. But, uh, <laughs> what's left of me? You know, what's right. left of me other than words? Like, again, I read the poem. They took so much, you see. Yes. I don't know if through the grapevine that you heard, you know, I don't sleep indoors. Right. I sleep outside because, you know, for all them years, 32 plus years of being slammed in a cell, you know, I, I just don't like rooms. So, you know, uh, I you know George, I don't blame you at all. And I just love seeing that tent and that picture that you posted. And it just shows ultimate freedom that you have the choice to sleep wherever you want now. And it makes me so happy. But really right. quickly, we have to run to break. And when we come back, we're going to be back with George Marcherano. We're going to talk about what it feels like to be free after all those years locked up and then talk about all the selfless acts that George is spending his time doing for others now that he is out. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We're joined with our guest, George Marturano. He just was released from federal prison in October of 2015 after serving 
multiple decades in prison for pot. He was sentenced to life in prison and was able to get out to be released and sent home back home with his family. We were just discussing how George has decided to sleep outside in a tent because after all those years of being surrounded by those prison walls, George chooses to live free. Well, you know, freedom, I'm still getting the grasp of it. Like I said, that's why I sleep outside. I just so enjoy because, you know, I have beautiful homes that I can go to, but I just I want to be uninhibited. In other words, uh, if I wake up at 3 or 4, I want to be able to just go, and I just go. And uh, basically, if you read what I posted today on my Facebook, I'm dealing a lot with the homeless where I'm at now. There's a big homeless community. Actually, St. Petersburg, Florida is the fifth largest homeless community. So doing the advocate work for the free these marijuana prisoners also I realize that there's a problem with the homeless, especially the women. There's homeless women out there. So while I'm doing all I can, and, you know, Dina, that's what we have to express. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot to get up and do something, ladies and gentlemen that are listening. You know, we're not saying to change your lives. Okay, we just want you to do something. Like the money that Dr. Dean and the other girls raised, I happen to be connected where I sort out the recipients of the that money, some prisoners, and one particular uh, individual named Charlie. I know Charlie for years, and you can't get a smile out of Charlie. I don't care if Christmas was more than once a year, but anyway, when he got the funds from you wonderful women out there, when he got the funds, what a smile. What a smile he delivered to me, and that that made my day because, you know, it's not the money per se. Someone cared. Guy's been in jail for a very, very long time for marijuana, nonviolent, and someone cared. So I I wanted to share that with you. You know, that means a whole lot to these individuals that are getting the funds from these people. Yeah, and, you know, let's talk about what kind of things, you know, not everyone is, is lucky enough to have a support system when you go to prison. And a lot of the times it's really difficult on the families. They've spent a lot of money on lawyers and a lot of the times these guys and these women have they have kids and it takes from their own kids' mouths if the family were to send them money in prison so they don't ask for anything. And when you don't have any money in prison, what is it like? Well, the commissary, uh, there's only one place that you can shop and it's very expensive. The items are expensive and you know, what happened is about five years ago, the prison factories started shutting down. And they were the bulk of jobs. Then you have these uh, where you can earn up to 40 cents an hour, which is big money. Now, they, you know, they, they have all these jobs with basically 11 cents an hour, 19 cents an hour, and there's very, very few. And actually, I had meetings with the staff and says, listen, you know, there's no jobs. You've got 1,800 guys, and you only can support maybe two, 300 jobs, if most, in different uh, prison departments. So you have to let... It's called, Dina, it's called a legitimate hustle. I mean, as far as you open up the Bureau of Prisons rule book, and they're not allowed to do these hustles. But I said, you've got to leave them alone. And a legitimate hustle would be a guy does laundry, sets up a little laundry shop in his cell. A guy cleans cells. A guy makes food. He makes burritos. He makes pizzas. And there's a lot of legitimate hustles that you had to turn the other you know, you give a blind eye. These guys can't survive. Can't survive. And, and as I left oh, a little over 90 days ago, more prison factories are shutting. People don't know what's going on, Dina. 
it's sort of like it's catch 22 situation where, you know, you want jobs for the prisoners so that they can make money so they can buy items. But then these corporate companies are, are opening up these prisons and it's becoming slave labor and it pays the government to keep arresting people and putting them in prison so that they have people to make these items for it's 20 cents a day. Private prisons. Actually, the private prisons has the better factories now than the Bureau of Prisons because to pay, pay, you know, these private interest groups see that they get the contracts for these type of industries for these prisoners. But the main Bureau of Prisons have, have lost I mean, uh, all across the country, the prison factories is called Unicor, and they're trying to warden. Actually, the wardens have to become CEOs. They have to go out and find their own contracts, try to develop something to get the factory going. So it's a, it's an insane situation. And then we go in a little another direction, Dina. As we know, supposedly, and, and really emphasis on the word supposedly, they were supposed to release sixty thousand drug offenders, uh, first or second nonviolent drug offender this year, <laughs> they were supposed to start six months ago. The numbers, the numbers not there. No. Not nowhere near 60,000. Nowhere near. Okay, and if they're going to release, like no one knows the Bureau of Prisons better than I. And I can, I'm not saying I can proudly say that. I can, I can say that through languishing. No one knows it better than I. And you cannot take a poker and the powers that be cannot take a poker and say, okay, all these guys on the left, they're going to get a break. But all these 160,000, majority of them in penitentiaries are not. Well, guess what? Those penitentiaries are going to be a bloodbath because the mentality, the gang situation, you cannot say you're going to get a break here, these guys, these prisoners, and these not. And matter of fact, before I left, a lot of staff that I uh, have a rapport with over the years, especially the women, you know, the women, you know, they have kids to support. It's just a job. I told them, do not go to work in the penitentiaries. Do not do that. Because, you know, penitentiaries called hazardous duty pay, and they get more overtime. And if a woman has children, a single mother, naturally she wants to get more money. But I told them, do not go to these penitentiaries because it's going to be bloody. Wow. That's really scary. Well, I know. I know what's going to happen. You cannot say you're going to get a break, you guys, and you guys are not. Because, right. you know, men, sorry to say, the uh, majority of men, when they go to prison, become children again. Their mentality is, is not wise anymore. It becomes brutal. Right. So, and this is what you have, and this is what we have created. Well, it's really incredible that you kind of took an interesting role when you were in jail as being kind of like the father. It seems like from what everyone's always told me is that if there's a problem, you talk to George, George will help you. If you are feeling suicidal, talk to George, George will make you feel better. And you really changed the prison experience for a lot of people in jail. And it's a shame that our government couldn't look at that and say, you know, we need to hire someone like you to consult us and tell us what we're doing wrong. How I graduated. Do you these guys. Yes, I graduated over 8,002 students with certificates in many lifestyle change classes in many institutions. Now, all my tenures at prisons basically been in lifestyle change units. And the, they have names, uh, co-unit, emphasis unit, et cetera, et cetera. I had a very, very good relationship with uh, lifestyle change counselors and psychology department. And just my, my word, good. I, you know, when I learned, Dina, <laughs> crazy as it sounds, 
I learned to just do the work and stay out of the office. Because when you do the work, you get more done. When you're in the office and you say, hey, I need, uh, I need books for a curriculum. I need copies. I need papers. I need pens. I need uh, DVDs. Okay? When you're in front of them, <laughs> no matter how good you're doing, you're wearing out your welcome because you have to make them work more. So what I learned, and I try to teach anybody that can do what I do, basically, you have to do it on your own. You have to create your own curriculum. You have to fill your own classes, your materials. You you have to give it yourself, and then you can do the good job. But if you want to be in the office and you want to be asking for this and you're looking for the pat on the back, you're not going to have the longevity as a teacher and a mentor. What you will do is get put on the bus. And I've seen that happen more than once. Because, uh, you know, they just are they send wrong? You, they send you out somewhere else? Oh, yeah. I, I had never been shipped, but I've seen guys who started to try to be mentors and teachers in a prolific way. But when you basically start to brag about it and you're in the staff's face and you're, you know, the warden, the wardens are in the chow hall every day, basically. And they have a line in front of them. And everybody's asking for something. Okay, so I made it my business through hard work is I waited till I, they sent for me. So you can get to the level where you're, they sent for you and they are asking you, then you can get more done. But if you're standing in that line in front of the warden, one this and one and that, eventually, you know, they're going to say, you know what, put them on a bus. And I've seen that happen. Wow. Well, and, I'm happy you uh, didn't get put on a bus, George. George, hold that thought. We have to run to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back and we're going to finish up this thought. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with George Martirano on Cannabis Confidential on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. 
burning issues only on cannabisradio.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential only on cannabisradio.com. All right, we're back. George, I'm so happy to have you on. I'm learning so much about the prison system, and I am just so thrilled to have you on today. So tell me, when you got out, what was the most important thing for you to do first? Uh, basically, uh, I got out in Florida, and I just I wanted to uh, go to the ocean, and I got down the ocean, and I just dropped to my knees, and it was sunset, and I thought that I never was going to see that alive. Uh, it was the Gulf of, uh, basically the Gulf of Mexico, and I just got on my knees, and I got a little emotional, but I never thought I would see uh, see freedom because, you know, life, no parole. I never, uh, yeah, every six months you get a progress report. Every federal prisoner gets a progress report, and it says what you've been doing per se. I remember my first one in 19, I was pre-child, 83, 1984. I was sentenced to five years in solitary in the maximum security prison in the in America, it was called Marion. And uh, my first progress report, believe it or not, you know what it said? Dr. What? Dina? What released upon death. No. It said released upon death. And I got it, and I looked at it, and I ripped it up, threw it in a trash can, and I did a thousand push-ups in less than an hour. That was my answer to that statement. Good for you. Death. Good for you. And you didn't take that answer, and look where you are now. Yes, but I did what I can. I don't know where I got the strength, but, you know, there's so many people that they have destroyed with that type of situation. Life, no parole means release upon death. It's a death sentence, and not everyone, they're not as blessed as you to have a wonderful family unit that were willing to fight for you and never give up. Yes, they were there. My mother, 87. Incidentally, I'm trying to get back up to Philly. My lawyer's making arrangements because my mom needs me, and, you know, uh, even though I like to have fun in the sun, be it not for the son to care for the mother. That is right. That is right. So well, I'll, you be, are I'll good be headed boy. back to Philly. I'll be headed back to Philly. With the, I got open arms waiting up there. I have uh, federal judges' reentry programs waiting for me, and et cetera. So I can't wait to get out there to California and meet my California friends. Uh, it's going to happen. I can't wait. Later. I can't wait. We're going to have a big party for you, George. It's going to be so much fun. Sooner or later. Well, I can come out there. I have to have an invitation. Like I've been, I'm very proud to say Florida University. I'll be speaking there in March in front of a big audience, maybe 300 or better. So uh, I can come out west if I get a letterhead invitation from an institution of learning or that type of setting. I probably, probation will let me come. Well, we're going to have to work on that because we want some George time out in L.A. Yes, yes. And so, and, George, uh, what, do you, what do you hope for the future to come from all of this? Well, I, I was spent 32-plus years for 2,600 pounds that I wasn't even involved with. You know, the, the government actually shipped three loads amounting to 2,600 for these group of guys. And I don't, don't get me wrong, I was no angel. You know, let's, let's face the facts, but I wasn't violent. And so these guys, the government gave them the 2,600 pounds, made them sell and keep the money. All they wanted was on wire taping these guys saying that, Georgie, is Georgie your boss? Oh, yeah, we, we're going to take care of him. Well, you know, if you, I'm going to say it very slowly, Dr. Dina. 2,600 pounds. 
Now, slowly, as I said that, they already have smoked that in America. Yes, that is true. And nowadays, it's medicine. Yes, I was at the Women's Grow. I've been invited to some Women's Grow things and some other stuff and the, and the human bond stuff. And, this, and I talk to these mothers, and it's, man, it's, it's so devastating and sad that they have to fight for this medical marijuana to assist these children. Yes, we've seen firsthand how it's saved children from cancer and epilepsy and all sorts of ailments. And it's just so sad that we can't look at this plant and go, so hold on a second, we made a terrible mistake. Everyone who ever touched it who's in jail for nonviolent victimless crimes needs to be let go right now and everyone should have access to it. And I really hope that more people you know, can see that and will go to our website at freedomgrow.org and will donate to help other prisoners spending time in jail and also to help us help people like you, George, who are getting out of prison, um, going into halfway houses who have no families and don't have any money. And we just want to help give them a little bit of help to start their lives over again. Absolutely. And, you know, bless all your hearts for doing that. You believe, I've been through it. You know, you get out and you don't know how much red tape they give a guy. And fortunate enough, I had the family support. And fortunate enough, I prepared, you know, because I had to teach the guys actually about all this red tape that they're going to be confronted with. And I told them, you know, you have to be patient. Don't get upset. You know, don't violate. So I, I taught it. So I was well aware. And believe me, tremendous amount of red tape that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. And the it probation, probation is, it has to be looked at. And, I'm trying to convince my lawyer to actually argue it in federal court because, you know, the poor minorities, you know, you put them back, they don't have, they don't have where they can go with the family around the country. They go back, back in the hood and they, they put them in a minefield. Yep. And they're going to end up bringing back there. It's not fair. So, yep. you know, I pray what I can try to get my lawyer, let's present, a, let's present a motion in federal court that this probation has to be reconstructed also. And all I'm getting, my lawyer, my lawyers, good lawyers, three, three good lawyers, Roy Black, uh, Theodore Simon, and Marshall Silver's top lawyers in America. They always, they just tell me, be patient, be patient. <laughs> Listen, I've been patient. It's yes, time to get my voice in front of the right podiums. That is right. And George, that's why I'm so happy you joined us today. It really means so much to us to have your story and have other people hear you and know that there's hope for their family and friends who are locked up and to give advice to everyone, change their people's opinions. Play this for your grandmother. Play this for your cousins. Let everyone know that these people are wrongfully put in prison. You could hear George. He gets out of spending decades in prison. And what does he do? He helps homeless people. He helps others. He is such a good person. And he belonged to be out in society with all of us all of these years. And we all lost out on having someone great. So we're just so happy to have you here now, George. And so everyone, go on to the radio show. Give us five stars. Let George know that you love him. And give us some thumbs up and share this. And check out freedomgrow.org and drdina420.com. George, what's your website address? Well, just come on my Facebook, George Martirano. You know, I'm still learning all this stuff, but I try to relay something creative daily. I love your videos that you put out. They're, oh, yeah, and I got YouTube wonderful. videos, ladies and gentlemen, on Mondays at 4 and Thursday at 4. And I added a Q&A Friday at 4. And actually tomorrow... The questions that are coming in is based on the subject of loneliness. Oh, 
Well, we're no longer lonely because we have you in our lives, George. So thank you so much for joining us. And this was an awesome episode of Cannabis Confidential. Thank you to my producers for making the show happen. Thank you to my listeners. Give us a thumbs up. Give us five stars. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Over and out. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.